Velkommen. Du lytter til Rågulfondens podcast. I denne udsendelse sætter vi fokus på konklusionerne fra den konference om integration, som Rågulfondens forskningsenhed afholdte i maj 2019. Og vi møder en af Europas førende integrationsforskere, professor Christian Dostmann, University College London, til en snak om konklusionerne fra hans oplæg under konferencen. Interviewet er på engelsk, og jeg er journalist Pernille Ingaard. Vi med et overblik og spørgsmål til professor Dostmann om, hvor flygtningene til Europa kommer fra. Many of the refugees are coming to us from uh, the classical conflict regions, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq uh, and of course Syria, uh, but many are also coming from the African continent. Um, so um, together um, those populations have increased quite dramatically um, in terms of movement. Uh, and uh, what we have witnessed over the last seven, eight years in particular from 2015 onwards, although it has uh, strongly abated now, uh, is um, uh, a large increase in uh, the number of refugees many European countries are hosting at the moment. Mm. I'm talking about the hosting uh, countries. Which countries, countries in, in Europe does the refugees prefer? Well, I am. Uh, well, the countries which are hosting uh, the largest numbers of refugees uh, relative to their populations are Sweden uh, and uh, Germany. Uh, I think, um, well, ref- re- preferred countries uh, will always be countries which um, o- provide more opportunity, uh, more stable labor markets, and um, more perspective for refugee populations. Very much. Uh, similar to, 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 to economic migrants. Professor Dostmans studie viser, at halvdelen eller 53 procent af verdens flygtninge er under 18 år. Men har vi den samme fordeling, når det gælder flygtninge til Europa? Well, it's hard to get uh, precise numbers for uh, European countries. But um, uh, the UNHCR uh, provides some statistics on the age structure of uh, refugees worldwide. Uh, and Uh, those figures suggest that more than 50% uh, of refugees are actually below the age of 18. So that means a very young population uh, that partly uh, is related to uh, the age structure in those countries where conflicts are happening. Uh, these are countries with uh, a very large fraction of very young people. They are countries with large uh, populations which are quickly growing, uh, but that uh, is also related Um, to uh, well, migration being far more costly uh, when you are older uh, than when you are younger. So uh, for people above the age of 40, for instance, it may be extremely costly uh, to move from one country uh, to another because, uh, well, first of all, uh, they are less adaptable to labor market uh, requirements. Uh, they are physically uh, weaker. Uh, and they are also far more anchored uh, in the society uh, in which they are living at the moment. So migrations tend to be younger, uh, and in terms of uh, age structure, if it comes to refugee migrations, we see, um, well, uh, well, the figures I have, I, have, I have pointed out earlier. So basically, it's, 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 it's less than 50% of the refugees which we can actually integrate through the, the labor market. Well, I would see it exactly the, op- the, the, the other side around. Uh, young people, on the one hand, are, of course, very vulnerable. Uh, if we 
expose them to adverse conditions in their teen years, then this will have uh, permanent consequences for their lives. So the responsibility uh, of receiving countries uh, is much larger uh, when we talk about young populations. On the other hand, they are also ready to uh, adopt far more easy uh, to receiving countries' economies because they can adopt education, they can adopt skills in a far uh, more efficient way uh, than individuals who are in their 30s or in their 40s. Professor Dostmann har også undersøgt, om der er forskel på økonomiske flygtninge og flygtninge i henhold til FN-konventionen. Well, yes, of course, that is a, a very uh, there, there is a large difference. So we 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 are all signatory countries in the European Union and in the Western world more uh, generally uh, to the Geneva Convention uh, for Refugees uh, of 1951 uh, and uh, the subsequent. Uh, extensions of that uh, convention. So we are as signatories uh, obliged to give uh, refuge to individuals who are persecuted uh, in their countries of origin. Uh, that uh, convention does not include uh, war refugees, but there are uh, subsidiary auxiliary agreements uh, which uh, then also give protection uh, to individuals who move away from their countries because of uh, conflict Uh, or war. Now, uh, that is very different from uh, the way we uh, view economic migrants. Economic migrants are migrants uh, which we very often uh, welcome uh, because we need them for our labor markets, because we have particular skill gaps um, which cannot be filled with uh, natives alone. We try to attract talent uh, which Uh, we cannot produce ourselves, etc., uh, etc. Uh, et so from the perspective of the receiving country, uh, we are, of course, much better prepared uh, for economic migrants. Uh, we also have uh, much more demand uh, for economic migrants uh, with respect to uh, our economies than for refugee migrants. Uh, on the other hand, refugee migrants themselves uh, are often not prepared Uh, to uh, make their migration. So many of the Syrians we are seeing today in Turkey or in Germany, for instance, uh, would not have dreamt 10 years ago that they would ever land up uh, in those countries. So the conflict itself forced them uh, away. Uh, the conflict uh, came as a surprise. And as a result, they are often not prepared uh, for the countries. Uh, to which they are actually migrating. That creates a lot of challenges for them, but also for the hosting societies. Professor Dostmann peger på, at uddannelse og beskæftigelse øger evnen til at blive integreret. Men hvad er det mest effektfulde? Well, first of all, education. Uh, the, 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 biggest, the biggest challenge we face, uh, in particular with refugee Uh, uh, populations is that they are, as I said earlier, very often not prepared uh, for our labor market. So very often they don't speak the language, uh, they don't have the skills which are necessary to make them productive, uh, they don't have the networks, they don't have the connections. So how do we educate? Is it the labor market or is it uh, put them into school or how? Well, the best, the best integrator, in my view, is always the labor market. Um, labor market is a great social integrator and of course it's a great integrator Uh, into the economy. Uh, but to prepare them for the labor market, we need as early 
as possible, uh, give them uh, the necessary uh, or provide them with the necessary uh, skills uh, and the necessary education and, and language education is, is, is very essential. Men han peger samtidig på, at der er store udfordringer på arbejdsmarkedet i flere europæiske lande. You see, the, the, the thing is, many countries in Europe uh, face, or, or countries in Europe face different challenges. Um, now, let me compare, for instance, Italy with Germany. Uh, Germany, um, a very institutionalized labor market, where in order to, uh, well, have a steep career profile, uh, as, for instance, a baker, Uh, you must have absolved an apprenticeship training. Uh, Italy, uh, a country with a large shadow economy. So what do I mean with that? Well, consider a refugee um, coming to Germany without, uh, well, an apprenticeship. The, 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 the way to uh, move forward in that labor market will be very difficult. Uh, however, um, apprenticeship training is very costly. It only pays uh, about one third of the wage Uh, an unskilled worker could get otherwise in the labor market uh, with the promise to provide an education which gets you a big return. But that return will only be uh, reaped in Germany if that individual after five years has to go back to, let's say, Syria, that education will be without any value. Uh, so that means that the perspective, the long-term perspective of a refugee in the country is very important to incentivize him or her to undertake the training necessary to be successful in Germany. Hvordan er det så gået med integrationen i de europæiske lande? Professor Dossmann påpeger i sine studier at flygtninge har større udfordringer end andre immigranter. Well, I mean, if we look at uh, so we have kind of collected as as good as possible data for various countries uh, and uh, try to kind of draw some picture uh, of the integration labor market integration or integration into the labor market of refugee populations. Uh, and uh, while we also do comparisons with uh, other immigrant populations, uh, what we do see is uh, that uh, refugees are disadvantaged in nearly every country uh, compared to other immigrant populations. Uh, and of course, uh, certainly disadvantaged with respect to the native population. So that is concerning uh, and that is uh, certainly Uh, an indication that uh, efforts to integrate at very early stages, uh, efforts to provide uh, people, uh, uh, refugees who come to us uh, to seek protection, to provide them with the necessary skills uh, and the necessary uh, circumstances uh, to get them uh, integrated into our labor market uh, is, is there, very, very important. Is there a certain time factor? Did we have done any... Have you looked into that? Um, well, that is very difficult to to uh, get data on. Uh, the work I have seen so far and uh, the the work we have conducted ourselves suggests that the the, the key the key time period is at the very start uh, of their migration history. So when individuals come to us, uh, the first half year, the first year uh, is very important. That is uh, when uh, people are still open. Uh, well, to, to new suggestions. That's when people are um, still malleable uh, to, uh, uh, to outside uh, suggestions uh, and uh, willing to learn uh, and to adopt skills uh, and, uh, 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 well, accumulate human capital. It's kind of like your own flat. 
when you decorate your own flat, uh, whatever wall you haven't really painted, uh, well, after about half a year you get used uh, to it and you will never do it. And uh, I think that's a very uh, a similar situation uh, with migrants uh, who come to us uh, and who miss out Uh, to accumulate skills and human capital in the first half year or in the first year. So that's an important period. We should focus on that period. Professor Dostmann påpeger i sine studier, at også køn spiller en rolle for integrationsevnen. I mean, males and females are, of course, equally valuable for the labor market. Uh, their integration is equally important. Uh, given the cultural uh, background of many of the uh, refugee uh, populations, Uh, we are dealing with at the moment, uh, females are uh, usually in a much more disadvantaged position. So the labor force participation rates uh, of female refugees is far lower uh, than that of males. And I think particular attention should be paid uh, to uh, integrate females. But there, of course, it is not just uh, the labor market requirements, but it's also the cultural circumstances uh, which we have to consider. For instance, night work uh, for Uh, uh, many uh, cultures is something they would not allow their daughters or their women or their wives to do. Uh, and we have to deal with that and we have to, uh, uh, well, um, uh, well adjust those populations uh, and uh, adjust to those populations uh, in the way uh, we help them integrating. Professor Dostmann runder af med en vurdering af de kommende års udfordringer for integrationen. We are the northern neighbor of, of Uh, um, Africa. Africa, a continent with a very young population due to large population growth in the recent past, a population which is largely uh, idle uh, and not as um, productively employed as it could be, uh, and therefore looks for uh, new and other opportunities. But moreover, the population of Africa will be growing very, very substantially uh, in uh, the near future. Uh, at the same time, Africa and the Middle East uh, harbors uh, the most fragile uh, countries and governments, uh, uh, well, with um, the, the, the fragile state index suggesting that 18 of the most uh, fragile uh, countries of the 24, uh, they uh, point out there are, are actually situated in Africa and the Middle East. So the combination of fragility Uh, of uh, instability uh, of the political structures these countries have, combined with very large population growth, uh, of course, are challenges we as Europeans have to deal with uh, in the very near future. So what we have seen in 2015 is not a one-off. Uh, it is uh, possibly a situation which may repeat itself and we need uh, to to address that. So it's not a Europe it's a European situation it's not a situation for for Denmark or Germany or France or Well I think the only way we can we can we can address that is uh, as as a as a European as a European community. Uh, and if I say addressing then I don't mean uh, we build uh, walls uh, in the Mediterranean what I do mean is we need to make a real serious effort Uh, to create stability in those countries uh, where uh, potential future refugees may come from, uh, to create economic conditions in those countries which actually make those countries worthwhile uh, to live, uh, which avoid persecution, which avoid conflict, which avoid war. Uh, and Europe uh, has a lot at stake 
uh, to really drive that particular development. Professor Dostmann, thank you very much for joining us. Tak til Professor Dostmann. Alle PowerPoints for konferencen og fondens forskning kan du finde på Rockulfondens hjemmeside. Du kan også høre mere om konferencen på de to andre podcasts i serien.